um, at this time, I am going to introduce you our guest for the day. Uh, Aureli uh, Ortiz is missionary to Spain, and she is coming this morning to share with us her heart for missions, her heart for Spain, and to talk about what she's doing, how you might be able to partner with her, and how we can partner in, in missions in general and have a heart for the nation. So would you welcome her as she comes? So glad you're Thank you so much for the opportunity to share with you. I promise it won't just be a presentation about me. I am here to inspire you. I am here to pump you up. I am here to get you going to say, I want to go on the trip like tomorrow. Can we go this month, Pastor? I want you to be on fire for what the Lord is doing in this world. I have seen God move since I was a, a little girl. Um, uh, I am a missionary to Spain today, and it's awesome that you're talking about Czech Republic and what the Lord is doing there because, uh, in fact, uh, Europe is hard ground. It is a very, very strong, um, a strong there's a strong opposition to, uh, to what to, uh, God wants to do. Uh, but the Lord has called me to the nation of Spain, and um, I just received my appointment in March as a missionary. So I'm brand new, fresh meat, going to, to the, the, the country where the Lord has called me to. And I just first want to speak on why I'm going, why it came to that point in my life, how I was that I said yes. And so I want to tell you a little bit about myself. Um, I come from a ministry family. I usually show a picture, and I think it's somewhere up there. I don't know if y'all have it. But I uh, usually show a picture, but I don't have to. There are real life in flesh. This are my family. <laughs> my parents, pastor in San Isidro, down by the border. Um, but today we're taking a break. We're on vacation. So they said, oh, well, you know, we'll go visit you. And they're having a great time right now. Uh, but my, my, my parents have always been an example for me. I was raised in ministry. I mean, my, my, um, uh, I've, I've been raised seeing the impact the church does in a community. I have seen miracles happen. I have seen people be delivered. I have seen healings in front of my eyes. I was as a little girl jumping on the pews, receiving the Holy Spirit at the age of eight years old. I know the power of Christ. I love Jesus with all of my heart. I am, I, the reason why I'm here, the reason why I breathe, the reason why I'm alive is to see Jesus glorified in every thing that I do because I have seen him. I have seen him. I know what he can do. I know that he can deliver. I know that he can heal and I know that he can change lives. I have experienced it and I've seen it. But guess what? We all have that option that when we have received from Christ, he's asking us now, would you share it? Would you be the light now? Would you be a, a, a tool in God's hands to be, that to see God move in other areas. And so if I could write a book and title it with something about my life, right, if I could write an autobiography, I would title it The Journey of Little Yeses. <laughs> because when I was 11 years old, I heard for the first time that there were hundreds of thousands and millions of people that have never heard about the gospel. And when I heard that, my young little heart broke. And I ran to the altar, and with tears in my eyes, I cried and cried and cried, saying, that's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair that there are people that don't get to hear about Jesus, and that's all I know. And that they don't get to have the salvation and the freedom that I have. 
And from that moment on, my life has been a journey of saying yes to Jesus. And it's always scary, but it's always worth it. And there's always a battle, but it's always a battle that gets the victory because we have the victory in Christ. When I was 16, I started a Bible club in my school, and I saw 60 people come to the feet of Jesus. When I was in college, I led mission trips and saw the power of God moving across five nations that I got to visit. When I was there in college as well I led a ministry and 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 I saw people return to the feet of Jesus and then I became a youth pastor at the age of 22 and uh, started full-time ministry and I'm not here to tell you that to glorify myself I'm telling you that if you want to do big things if you want to go far start now and say yes because every yes opens the next door every yes opens up a new a new a new way of thinking a new way of living and you get to see God move and because you say I saw God move there I don't fear moving it's taking a step right now and saying yes right now and so now begins my biggest yes yet. <laughs> now I get to see how God moves in another part of the world, away from my family, away from all I know. But I know that just as he's been with me then, he will be with me now. And I just want to share that with you. I just want to tell you that if there's something in your heart, if there's a, a dream that God's placed in you, if there's a calling, if there's something you say that's not fair, somebody needs to do something about that. Maybe it's you. And maybe that's your call. And maybe this is your moment. And maybe this is the moment of this church. And maybe this is what God wants to do. So will we say yes? Amen. Um, to tell you a little bit about Spain, many people think of Europe or think of Spain as a place with big cathedrals, right? Big, big monuments and, and remembering the crusades and remembering uh, how great priests and great uh, war warriors were, you know, uh, gaining victory and doing a, a lot of things. But, uh, but nowadays, Europe is now a dry land in the, for the gospel. Uh, they cost Spain for a lot, a lot of years the graveyard of missionaries. <laughs> Because many people would go, but they would not stay because they wouldn't see the big revivals we see happening in Latin America or in Africa, which praise God. But it's just not happening over there yet. Come on. It's not, we haven't seen, the, the, you know, a great breakthrough yet. But we are starting to see how God is starting to move. Uh, from the 80s up until now, there are great things, amazing things happening. But for now, Spain remains a very, very needy place. Maybe not with poor children with bare feet or, you know, people needing water. But they are need, in need of the living water. They do not have the gospel. Only 1% of Spanish people know Jesus as a personal savior. 99%, 9 out of 10 people have never been presented with the real life-changing message that Jesus Christ died, was crucified, but was raised to life for their sake. Many Spaniards, when you tell them about this God, they say, wow, I, didn't, I never heard that God could love me. I had heard that I need to be a better person. I had heard that he wants to send me to hell, but I had never heard of his grace. That is the reality of Spain. Many people have never been presented with the gospel. They're not just bad Christians that have turned aside. They're people that have never had access to a person to tell them about Jesus. Um, I want to tell you a little bit about the people of Spain. And the reason why I'm doing this as well is because these are the people you encounter in your everyday life. Uh, the, the reality is that San Diego is also very lost. It's also very unreached with the real gospel. 
And so I want to introduce you with four to four different people very quickly. I just want to introduce you with these types of secular people. So the, a lot, a lot of people in, in Spain are embracing secularism. Although many are traditionally Catholic, only 12% actually practice Catholicism. And the majority are secular. Now, what is secular? When we think of something secular, we think of something bad, something that's not Christian. But there's actually a, 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 whole, a whole panorama, a whole... Uh, <laughs> Uh, span of, of what how, where you are as a secularist and there's different types of it um, so the first type of people are people that are like say I am a Catholic and I don't you know, I don't want any other religion but yet they not have never actually had a relationship with God and this was a woman that I met um, so I spent three months in Spain last year to see okay God are you calling me there and he did confirm that that's where he wants me but I spent three months in Spain and I got to meet these people and so this lady named Irma she, she was so adamant about her religion but when I asked her anything about the Lord she said no I have never been I have, I have 50 years without ever going to mass and these are types of people you will encounter as well that say I have my own religion but yet they have no relationship with Jesus and they are lost. The uh, next men we met are the ones that are the most vocal and we think they're the majority but they're actually not. Only 15% of people are actually atheists. And so this man, um, this man is, is, it, it was at first like, I am an atheist, don't come to me, don't talk to me or anybody. But eventually, eventually he opened up his heart and he said, my grandfather was not defended by the church he loved so much. And he was hurt, put in prison. Uh, for rebelling against the government that supported the church and the church did nothing about it and he cried and said the church did that God did that and so we had to tell him that was not God and let me tell you there are many people hurt by the church today the church has lost has lost the church in America has lost its focus and has turned to religion, has, has tried to gather the masses rather than expand the kingdom of God. And so they have hurt people in the process. They have cared more about the person sitting down and giving money than the actual per, the connection with the person. And we, 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 we have this, with this challenge to not be labeled as, oh, those, you know, hateful Christians. But to actually shine the, the love of Christ. So atheist people may be people that are hurt, that are completely closed off to the gospel. Matting uh, secularists are the people that are just like, meh, I don't really know, I don't really care. You've probably met some of those. There may be a God, there may be not, I don't know, I have no way of knowing. And this was an old man that I met, and when I told him, have you, have you ever considered where would you go when you died? He said, no, I've never thought about it. He was an old man of about 80-some years old. He said, you've got plenty of time. How come, how come you haven't? And, and there's just people around that have never really been grasped and have never been presented with this question. And I ask how many people around us are, you know, are, are in this position. And the last type of people are the new age secularists, which is most of our young people today. Where they say, you know, there's something out there in the universe. And I know I want to, you know, I want to have good vibes. And I want to be able to, to do good in the world. And there's good and there's bad. And there's yin and the yang. And, and this and that. And the crystals and all these things. And they try to gather a little bit. Like have a, they have like a little pouch. And they're just trying to gather from all they can to try to make sense of this world. But yet they find themselves empty. At the end of the day, as they lay themselves in bed, they have no assurance of where they're going when they go when they when they die and they have no assurance of where life comes from or how life makes sense they're just trying to make themselves shape themselves and shape their uh, life as they please and when I met this young man uh, who actually told me he was a woman 
Um, and my heart broke for him because I asked him, you know, where, you know, do you really think, that, so can I ask you, if you think you were born in a woman's body, would you be happy? He said, I actually don't think there's such a thing as happiness. Uh, you may call me negative, but I just don't think that exists. So that's the different secular uh, people in Spain, but they're also the secular people that you're surrounded by. And so we, we have the opportunity and we have the, the, the call of God to say, will I speak to these people? Will I be God's hands and feet on their lives? Or will I just stay to myself and keep quiet? That's the choice that we all have. And when we are faced with this situation, we're faced with the reality that Christianity is declining in Europe as well as in the States. We may feel the temptation or the, 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 the fight and we may want to say, uh, what can I do? Let me just not do anything and hide in a closet. But that's the lie of the enemy that tells us to back down. The, the, but let me tell you today, the answer to the decline in our society continues to be one. Jesus Christ living and active. The word of God being preached clearly and relationally to people that need it. You know, nowadays we have this saying that says, you know, preach the gospel. And if you can, use words. That is not what the Bible says. The Bible says pre preach the gospel in season and out of season. The Bible says that those, that how, can they, how can they believe unless they hear? We are called to preach. We are called to move. We are called to be uh, ambassadors for Christ. The answer continues to be you, the church. Under the power of the Spirit. And in Europe, that's our plan as well. The, the, the vision of Assemblies of God World Mission is planting, establishing the church among all peoples everywhere. Because where there is no church, God cannot move. God doesn't move through clouds in the sky or through trees or through that. We see the evidence of God, but the message of Jesus cannot be preached by some clouds or by the earth. The message of Jesus can only be shared by one vessel, and it is people's mouth, the proclamation. And it has to be done through the church. And God's love can be seen maybe through the sunrise, but it cannot be felt but through the people of God, through our church. Us, we are the vessels for God's glory to be relevant and be uh, active in the lives of those around us. And in Spain, that's what we want to do. We are planting a church. There's a church that's been planted since 2014. And we are seeing God move. We are seeing baptisms. We are seeing lives changed. It's little. It's not, it's not masses. But the ones that, if you, get a, if you walk through a Spaniard, uh, with a Spaniard through the gospel, that Spaniard, you know, doesn't turn very fast many times. But once they say, once they decide, I will follow Jesus, it's for a lifetime. And that's what we're hoping to see. And that's what your giving does. So the missions, what I'm going to do in Spain is I'm going to join a team in Granada, Spain. It's in the south. And um, uh, we have a community center named Raíces. And this community center, we engage with the community. We, uh, we have English classes. We have projects. We have programs for young families. We teach parenting. We teach uh, uh, cultural awareness. We teach many things. And we're able to just say, hey, we're here for you. 
And we are very clearly a, a, a Christian organization, but yet people come through our door seeking truth. And so we're so glad about that. Uh, and at the same time, I'll be part of Granada Comunidad Cristiana, the church there, and uh, be able to lead worship, be able to, to just uh, disciple people. We don't believe that we, discipleship starts once they walk through the church. Discipleship starts, discipleship starts once we meet them. And we say, hey, how are you? And they say, hey, there's something different about you. That's when discipleship starts. They may not be at a, at a zero where they have no faith. They may be at a negative 10 where they hate Christians or they hate God or they hate a church. And we have to slowly but surely dismantle that, allow the spirit of God to dismantle that, to break through that and be able to uh, lead them to the feet of Jesus. So it's work. It's hard ground. But God is powerful. The spirit moves and God is real. And God is, uh, uh, I believe that God will move. I believe that we will see great things. It's a, a few pictures of my time there. Uh, this is a, a, uh, the logo of our center. That's our center. That's a few people from church. That's Granada. It is beautiful. <laughs> and that's our team. So uh, I just invite you to pray for us. I invite you to, to, to say whenever you think of me, uh, to say, God, would you help this team? Uh, it's not easy. It really isn't. Uh, every time you encounter somebody, they may, they, like I said, either they may be like, no, I'm Catholic, don't talk to me. They may be like, I'm an atheist, don't talk to me. Or they may be like, uh, uh, I don't really care, good for you, that's not for me. Or they may say, oh, sure, maybe I'll go to your church, but also I'll like go to, you know, meditate and, you know, do all this voodoo stuff. And, and so these types of people... Uh, need a person that is filled with the spirit that is surrendered and that is able to preach the gospel to them. So I ask that you pray for me. Uh, at the exit, you will be able to see a table. If you can take a card and put it somewhere visible for you to pray for me, I would really appreciate it. I believe, I just believe that God's going to do great things. Would you believe with me? <laughs> I just believe that God's going to move. Amen. So that's what's happening in Spain. If you have more questions, you can ask me in the back. Ask me in the back, and um, I just want to go ahead and, and share with you something that the Lord uh, instilled in my heart. At the beginning of this year, I knew that my commission was going to start, and it was sort of a transition year. I left behind my youth pastoring position, full-time position, comfortable, awesome. I love my church, uh, but I knew the Lord was stirring me to a new season, and uh, I, I sold everything in my apartment. I just kept five boxes in my car, and I put it all away. That's in Texas. That's where I live. Uh, but I said, okay, God, here I am. But I said, Lord, I don't want to go out of duty. I don't want to say yes just because I have to because you're God and I'm just a human and I have to obey. And that happens sometimes. Some people enter ministry or enter something, enter marriage or enter something. And, and they say, Lord, well, I have to because you're God and I want to obey. God honors your obedience. But you know what God wants the most? He wants people that are aligned to his heart. So I said, God, I don't just want to obey you out of duty and because I have to. I want to obey you because my heart is in it. I want to get, I want you to, uh, to transmit your love for the Spanish people upon myself. I want to really love them like you love them. I want my heart to break for them. And that's, my friends, is what makes the difference between a servant of God and a friend of God. Jesus said, I don't call you just servants, I call you friends. Because whatever I hear from the Father, I tell you. God wants the connection with us and God wants us to have his heart. So I said, Lord, give me your heart for the Spanish people. And he took me to Isaiah 65, 1 and 2. 
says, I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. I was found by those who did not seek me. To a nation that did not call on my name, I said, here I am, here I am. All day long I have held out my hands to an obstinate people who walk in ways not good, pursuing their own imaginations. The moment I read that, I said, that is Spain. A people that walk in their own ways, pursuing their own imaginations that have throughout history rejected God and said we don't want to ask anything of God. We've been there, done that. We've done religion. It has not worked. It has actually oppressed the church, has hurt a lot. The crusades have hurt a lot of people. We repent off of that. Uh, actually, I can't use the word missionary in Spain. Uh, you can. It's allowed like, legally, but it closes off people because to them, if they think of Christopher Columbus, who they sent, <laughs> And they think of, you know, conquests and all of that. So they think you're here to conquer me. You're here to, the, you know, the, it's a negative thing. It's not nice. They don't imagine the, the white savior bringing toys to the little kids. They don't, they don't imagine that, you know. So it's a people that is closed off to the gospel. But yet here I found the heart of God. I said, Lord, I can't believe that this is really your heart. Because to us, when somebody rejects me, I don't try to knock on their door again. I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't, it's hard. It's hard to continually open up your hands and offer love to somebody that's rejected us. But yet God says, I reveal myself. I am willing to be found and I extend my hands all day long for them. That is the God that we serve. That is the God who we love. That is the God who you're here for today. A God that is still stretching out his arms saying, here I am. Honey, son, where are you? The one that seeks after the lost. The one who leaves the 99 to look for the one. That is the God we serve. And if that is the God we serve, we have the opportunity to say, God, make me like you. Give me your heart for the lost. When I read this, I understood that everything about God is not, you know, the, the, the wrath of God is it's righteous and is true. But it's because he wants to gather his children unto himself. Let me tell you that missions... You know, I'm here to speak about missions. And let me tell you what missions is all about. Missions is not just one of the programs of the church. Missions is not just a department. It's not just a one-day thing. Missions is the whole point. Missions is the purpose. Missions is why Jesus came. For God so loved. What? The world. Every nation, every tribe, every tongue. How dare we think that he loves us better than the kid in Africa or the woman in Austria or the, the man in, in, in Cambodia. He loves us the same and he seeks to extend his arms to them the same way he once extended his arms to you. Once the gospel was brought to you through word of mouth, right? Can you remember that moment with me for a little bit? There was somebody who obeyed and told you 
the message of Christ. Missions is the whole point. I'm sure we've all heard of it, but the Great Commission, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every nation. And I always hear people say, we have plenty of, to do that here. We have plenty of work. You know, we, we, we're, we're, we don't have to go. We don't have to send. We don't have to give to missions. I'm good. We, we can just focus on here. And it's not, but let me tell you, it's not either or. It's not either here or there. It's both. He said, make disciples. He said, preach the gospel in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the world. It's not or, it's and. Come on, can you say that to your neighbor? It's not or, it's and. So as a believer, as a believer, I don't have an option. We have two things, either we go or we send. But every single one of us must participate in the greatest movement the world has ever seen, the expansion of God's kingdom. Every one of us has that job. Over 87 times in the word, we see the word, the, the, the phrase, all nations or all peoples. That was God's plan from the beginning, from Genesis, where he told uh, Abraham, that uh, Genesis 12, 3, and all peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. And ending with Revelation 15, 4, who says, Who will not fear you, Lord, and bring glory to your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship before you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. Nations was God's plan. Nations is God's heart. God's heart beats. Nations, nations, nations. Once and again and again. So the missionary goes, the missionary is sent, um, but it's really all of us who are part of this. So who are the missionaries? Let me tell you this, because this is something that changed my heart, you know, because a lot of people don't become missionaries because they're like, I don't want to ask for money. I don't want to beg for money. But when I understood that it's not my plan, it's not my vision, and it's not my project, it is God's will. It's God's heart. It's God's hands reaching to the ends of the earth. And it's all a global mission. Jesus was the first missionary. He left his place. He left his glory to come down and become one of us. Part of, he embraced Jewish culture. He embraced, embraced humanity. And now missionaries are people that feel a burden for winning souls for the kingdom. And they say yes to leaving their home comfort and plans to do God's work. And they do the job of an apostle like Paul did and like uh, Peter did. They travel, they plant churches, build and strengthen leaders. And then perhaps they move somewhere else and start it all over again. But let me tell you this, missionaries are your representatives. We're not doing our own thing. You are answering the call through us. We're not foreigners asking, your hard earn, asking for your hard-earned money to fulfill our own dreams. We're part of you. We're part of the church body. I am Assemblies of God as this church is Assemblies of God. I am a child of God as you're a child of God. The church as a whole is called. I'm not just called. We are called. When the Lord called me, he said, I, I will call you and I will call people to support you. It's a partnership. Amen. We go... For you, we go ask you when Cross Point 
church is, is, is stirred for the nations and says somebody must do something. What can we do to save the people of Spain that have never heard the gospel? When your heart is broken for them, you may say, how do we do it? And the missionary says, reporting for duty. I'll go. But guess what? It's really you, the one that has the burden as well. All right, so if we can share that, if you can embrace this, if you can say, hey, I don't want to just give because I'm a poor guy, you know, he comes here, poor girl, she comes here asking for money. It's not about that. It's, Lord, would you break my heart for the nations? And as you break my heart, would you use me as a tool to send? That is the heart of God. Um, when you send us, you're going with us. So that means that our victories as you, are your victories as well. That means that everything we do, it's, it's, it's you really the one that's doing it through us as well. And it's a partnership. And the best way to explain that, it's uh, through a, a rope. I love this image of a rope that if the missionary is out, you know, if they say we're in a boat, right, and we see uh, people that are drowning in order to save them, I, I'm going to say, okay, I want to jump. I will jump in and, and, and take that person, bring that person back to the boat. But how can I jump if no one is holding the rope? It takes two. And the person that's holding the rope is doing just as much work. One person is swimming, but one person is pulling. And it takes the same amount of work maybe to, to gather up, to, to plan your finances, to pray, to spend time in prayer for the nations, to, to dedicate to that. Uh, but, but it's just as important to do the work of missions. Um, now, why missions again? Why missions? Because God's greatest desire is not our comfort, our happiness, our dreams to come true. God's greatest desire is to, to bring good news to the poor, to set the captives free. To heal the sick, to raise the dead. That is God's heart. That is what God most desires. Not for us to do our own life and be comfortable. But God's greatest desire is to be exalted throughout the earth. The reason why Jesus died is to seek and to save him who is lost. And if we don't understand that, then we're not living really, really living for Christ. And that's the truth. That every second two people die in the world. Two out of those three times don't know the gospel. Three billion people have never heard the name of Jesus. And if that doesn't bother us, then we're not really Christians. Because that means we don't have God's heart. That means we haven't asked him to give us his heart. Matthew 24, 14 says, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. We want Jesus to come back soon. Amen. We want the redemption of the earth to come. We want the, the, the fulfillment of God's plan. But we have a job to do. The gospel must be preached to everyone, everywhere. And how will they hear if no one preaches to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? Every believer must be part. So what is your part? What is the church's role? To hold a rope. I want to ask you today to examine your heart and say, Lord, 
What is my level of commitment to the gospel, to the, to the great commission? Do I care enough? Do, does my heart break? Do I really embrace the vision that you have, Lord? Do I have your heart? Do I care enough for the people around me even that I, that I encounter? Listen, as, you, as a sender, you separate money, you sacrifice your desires, you pray, and you give faithfully. That is some work. That is some ministry. And we're all called to that. I know your pastor and your leaders want this church to continue to be a light in this community and to the ends of the earth. It's not either or, it's both. It's not either or, it's both. Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the world. Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit has been given to you. We have all we need to see salvation in our time, in our midst. The, the time of God is not, is not the one that has, is past, but the time of God is now. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live comfortably and, and I don't want to be dead in my Christianity. I don't want life to be boring. If Christianity is boring, we're doing it wrong. If we're not seeing miracles, we're doing it wrong. If we're not seeing prayers answered, we're not doing enough. God is calling us to a life of missional living. A life that sees lives changed. A life that is changed first. A life that is transformed with the power of God. But a life that also transmits that unto others. And if we're not spreading the word, if we're not reaching to the lost... Then we're cutting off what the Lord is doing. We're cutting off what this point is. We're not living intentionally for him. Let me tell you, if there's anything that stops you from living fully in the fullness of Christ. You have what you need. You have the Holy Spirit. Would you call on him? Would you say, Holy Spirit, baptize me again? Because the Holy Spirit doesn't baptize us for us to feel pretty on a Sunday morning. The Holy Spirit baptizes us. To be empowered, to be witnesses. I don't want to be a member of the jury. I want to be a witness. I want to be able to say, I have seen the Lord move. I have heard him speak. I have been there when he did something. That is a witness. That is what we do. We have all we need to be a sender or to be a goer. His mission is what we must embrace. So would you rise to your feet today and say, Jesus, thank you for this challenge that you've given us. Thank you for reminding us that the whole point is not me, that you didn't just die to save me or because you love me, but Jesus, you died to save the world. Jesus, your suffering and your sacrifice was so that all nations, all tribes, all peoples would know and would one day stand around the throne and sing, holy, holy, holy is he who was, whose blood was shed. 
That is your vision, Lord. And the moment we enter heaven, we won't go alone. We will be surrounded by people from every nation. Lord, will we be part of that? Because that is your vision. That is your heart. Jesus, help us to be people of prayer. Brother, sister, I ask you today, would you say, Lord, impact the world through my prayers? If God answered tomorrow all the prayers you prayed today, how much impact would it have made in the world? And if only it would reach your friends and your family, I ask you, would you pray for nations, set up a time and place. Let's pray bigger. Lord, help us to pray bigger. Help us to see great things as we pray big prayers. And Lord, I pray for this church to be givers, to not store up treasures on earth, but store up treasures in heaven. Lord, that you have a great reward in store for those who faithfully give to your cause. Father, that you would save souls through their giving, that their investment they make in eternal things will see great things, Lord. That they will see in heaven people say, hey, because of your giving, I'm here. Lord, use this people's giving for your kingdom. And Lord, I pray for him, for her, that today feels a challenge. Who today feels a heartbreaking, Lord. And who's saying, Lord, I will go. I will join this mission team. I will go to my neighbor. I will step out. I won't let anything stop me. Lord, I pray for men and women of God to step out of their comfort zone, out of their full walls. And chase the broken and open up your arms to them as well, God. That they may love the cast out. That they may love the rebellious. That they may love the prodigal. That we must open up our arms to them, Jesus. But that also we must not be afraid to preach the word and preach the truth. That we must not let anything push us back. Because you are greater and the Holy Spirit is upon us to be witnesses. Maybe the Lord is calling you now, and today you have one choice. Would you say yes? Jesus, we say yes to you. Jesus, I pray that you move every heart today. That from today on, we, must, we, would, we would pray bigger. We would give generously of our money, but also of our time and our attention. And Lord, that when you call us, and it's your time, we would say, Lord, I will go. I will say yes. Father, because you're coming for a church that is pure and a church that says yes. And we thank you for this time. We thank you for this message. We pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen.